Well, a Merry Christmas to you once again. It was a, uh, a great week to celebrate the birth of our Savior. I think we had close to 1,200 people uh, come through our doors throughout the Christmas weekend, and that joy of sharing the message of Christ is born uh, with you, and several that uh, watched online as well. I don't even know what that number is, but it's just great to be able to share that message with God's people. And as we were preparing for that message throughout the season of Advent. We've been doing this series called The Blank That Stole Christmas, or Filling in the Blank, and we've talked about a lot of things such as, uh, well, as you prepare for Christmas, if you spend too much detail on presents, you could kind of find yourselves in a, a funk of materialism, and that can steal your Christmas joy. Or as family comes together, how easy it is for conflict to take hold, and that can steal Christmas joy. We talked about how there are so many different distractions. Most of the things we talked about were how things could steal our joy as we prepare to celebrate Christmas. And as we end this series, it seemed fitting to do one message where we look back at Christmas, which was a week ago, and today we're looking at the nostalgia that stole Christmas. Now, nostalgia, by its very definition, has in it this idea of looking backwards and reflecting. And if you're not sure what the word nostalgia means, that's okay. I, I looked up the definition to help us out, and I'm not sure if the people who write the dictionary help that much, but I'll give you the definition anyways. Nostalgia is a sentimentality for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. Well, let me give you another one. A sentimental yearning for the happiness of a former place or time. Those aren't bad, but there are a lot of words in there, aren't there? So here's what I think nostalgia really is. In short, it's an emotional longing for the good old days. I think we can associate with that, right? Because we can all think of a time in our life where these were the good old days. And I long for those feelings, those emotions. And you know, there's nothing that evokes a feeling of nostalgia like the Christmas season. Because I believe that Christmas reawakens in all of us uh, uh, feelings and memories, maybe childhood experiences that were positive or kind of made us uh, just remember uh, certain just happy moments and cheer in our life. And oftentimes this happiness or this cheer can become what our hope is centered around. And in fact, it can become a cheap imitation for what is truly offered at Christmas, and that is the Christmas joy that we find in Christ. And so, believe it or not, Christmas nostalgia can even steal our Christmas joy. Not only can it steal our Christmas joy, but it can replace it with something lesser and make us think that nothing is missing. Now, if you're not sure you weren't sure what nostalgia is. Now, if you're not sure what Christmas nostalgia is, let me help you out with that as well. I think what Christmas nostalgia looks like is how you answer this question, okay? And the question goes like this. It just doesn't feel like Christmas unless, and you fill in the blank. 90% of the time, the word we choose to fill in that blank is associated around our Christmas nostalgia and traditions that are warm in our hearts. I'll give you some examples. It just doesn't feel like Christmas unless we have snow. Right? Last Sunday, we're sitting here on a very 
green Christmas. I mean, I'm grilling out last week thinking, should I be raking the yards? Should I be out here in shorts and no coat on? I mean, it's just one of those Christmases. We, it's been a long time since we haven't had a white Christmas. And of course, it's true, it doesn't always feel like Christmas unless we have snow. We're in a northern climate. How about this one? It just doesn't feel like Christmas unless we eat Christmas ham or Christmas turkey, whatever your tradition might be. And, and, and if somebody prepares something that's not according to the menu you grew up on, oh boy, there's going to be problems, right? It just doesn't feel like Christmas unless all the family gets together and we make it over to grandma's by a certain time, right? Maybe that's something that's steeped in your Christmas traditions. It just doesn't feel like Christmas unless we open our Christmas presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending on what your tradition is. Those of you who uh, celebrated your first Christmas after being married, were you in for a surprise when all of a sudden you just assumed that something was going to be this way and your spouse assumed it was going to be that way and you had a, an arm wrestling, drag down, knockout negotiation that took place on Christmas Eve. Right? I was fortunate. My wife and I both had the tradition of opening presents on Christmas Eve because that's what Christmas feels like to us. It just doesn't feel like Christmas unless we sing this hymn, this carol, this song of the season. You see, I think we're all guilty of thinking those thoughts and saying those things. And so often these Christmas nostalgia and traditions are so deep-seated in our emotions and our feelings that we kind of put them together as the package deal of Christmas. But here's the problem. If one of those things is missing, would the message and the power of Christmas be stripped of its power? And the answer is resounding, of course not. We know that if some peripheral part of the celebration is missing, that that does not change the fact that Jesus Christ is born this day and we celebrate that. I mean, these are good things. And if you ask me, I do want a white Christmas. I do like to be around family during the Christmas celebration. I do enjoy opening presents on Christmas Eve and stockings on Christmas Day. And yes, for me, Christmas doesn't seem the same unless we sing away in the manger in silent night. But if my hope in Christmas is centered in these nostalgic elements, then when something's not in place, could I risk losing my Christmas joy? And if the answer to that is yes, then I've got to realize that I've traded in my Christmas joy for a facsimile. I've traded in my Christmas joy for a caricature of what it should be. I've traded it in for an imitation, a shadow instead of the reality. And the reality is found in our Savior who is born, Jesus Christ. And that's what St. Paul was telling the Christians, the Colossian Christians, when he warned them, too, to not trade in the real thing found in Jesus for a, a, a poor imitation. In fact, here's what he says in verses 16 through 17. He says, Therefore, do not let anybody judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or even a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that are to come. The reality, however, is found 
in Christ Jesus. You see, just as we have traditions and nostalgic memories of Christmas that are so dear to us, the Colossian Christians had years and years of Old Testament traditions and regulations. These, these laws and ceremonies and festivals that they participated in for a long time were designed to point ahead to the Messiah who would come to be the Savior of the nations. But Paul had to remind them that as soon as people in the church or around them insisted that these observances of festivals be made, that all of a sudden when that becomes the focus, they are now worshiping a shadow instead of the reality that is found in Jesus Christ. And that's our caution also, that we don't worship the shadow instead of the reality that's found in Christ. We should uphold heartfelt traditions. We should embrace warm nostalgia of the past. But if we allow these secondary things to be primary things, even our nostalgia can choose to steal our Christmas joy. And the reality is found in the real joy that comes in the manger of our Savior Jesus Christ, who comes to be your Prince of Peace, who comes to be your king of kings, who came to grow up and live that perfect life, fulfilling the righteousness of the law, dying on the cross, a criminal's death in your place. And as Jesus dies on the cross, he also does not allow himself to remain dead, but raises himself from the dead, ascends on high, and promises that there is an eternal home that's waiting for us. That's the true joy of Christmas that we continue to celebrate. And so whether you're celebrating a white Christmas, I guess we'll be celebrating a white New Year's, close enough, or whether you're sweating in Florida, 82 degrees, and I know none of us are, but those of you on camera, if you are, keep it to yourself. Whether you're in a cold environment or a warm environment, right? Jesus Christ is still the same one who takes away our sins. And as Isaiah says, though our sins be like scarlet, he makes them as white as snow. Jesus is the one who takes the coldness of our selfish interests in our hearts and he warms them with his love and his grace. Whether you're eating Christmas ham or Christmas turkey or whether the pantry was kind of empty this year and money was tight, Jesus Christ who was born in the manger is the same God who grew up to shed his blood on the cross, which Peter tells us is more precious than silver and gold. Jesus Christ is the one who gives us our daily bread and who is the bread of life, who quenches our true thirst and our true hunger in life. And whether you had the chance to be surrounded by family this Christmas or whether your experience was you were feeling quite lonely, it's good to remember that our Christmas joy is that Jesus was born the only begotten Son of God to bring us into the Heavenly Father's family, that we could be surrounded as we are today by brothers and sisters in Christ, where we can share in the joys and the trials of life. And whether your tree was full of presents or whether your tree was, was bare, know that Jesus Christ was the one who bore himself on the cursed tree of the cross. But that tree is also bare. That tree is empty and so is the grave because that could not contain our Savior, for he lives evermore. 
These are the objective truths of Scripture. These are the realities of our Christmas joy. May we continue to guard our our hearts and minds that nothing else might steal these most precious gifts from us. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Pastor Daniel, would you lead us in prayer this morning? Let's pray. Gracious God, you give us uh, these traditions, uh, all of these festivities, and, and just uh, wonderful things that help us to, uh, to celebrate uh, things like Christmas. Uh, you give us those things as, as gifts, as uh, all uh, more op- opportunities to uh, be pointed back uh, to, uh, to what Christmas is all about. And so, Lord, uh, guide us not to, uh, to uh, make, it, make uh, Christmas and our lives all about those extra things, uh, but instead uh, to, be, uh, to be about uh, uh, the coming of our Savior who experienced and endured all things so that we might have salvation and not uh, just life on this earth, but life eternal. Uh, we, uh, we pray all these things and ask that you'd continue to help us to share that good news in our lives and in our world as well. Amen.